Hello and welcome to episode 65 of the Perth to Paisley podcast, a podcast dedicated to Heart and Midlothian Football Club. The Jambos got back to winning ways in the Scottish Premiership and joining me, Adam Kennedy, to discuss the Many Maroons 2-0 victory against St Mirren at Tynecastle is Mr Daniel McIver. How are we, McIver? I'm doing very, very well, Adam. I just want to say to everybody who is listening, there has been a slight change in our recording time. Uh, we're actually recording this the day after rec- we're recording this on Sunday because I was an idiot and didn't realise that my next week is very busy. So, like Adam, I don't just do this podcast. I'm also part of the Terrace podcast team and myself and Duncan Mackay are doing a bunch of recordings tomorrow night which is Monday and then our usual recording night of Tuesday I forgot I'm away to see James at the Hydro being supported by the Happy Mondays so we couldn't record then otherwise you wouldn't get an episode but obviously we wanted to do an episode so Adam has kindly uh, agreed to record on Sunday night so if there's any news on either Monday or Tuesday and you're like why haven't they spoken about the fact John Souter signed a five year extension or Stephen Kingsley signed a three year extension it's because we don't know what's happened yet but that's why so I'm doing very good Adam how are you? I'm great mate it was just nice to see Hearts get back to winning ways with that 2-0 scoreline that I correctly predicted on the podcast yes we know my my only annoyance is I thought I was doing well until I see (laughs) Scars Round the the Funnel release their tweet with Ryan McGowan who had 2-0 Hearts and Stephen Kingsley to score so that was brilliant thanks for that Gowser Um, very much appreciated Um, I think the only kind of place for us to start is in relation to one of Gowser's former teammates as it came out this week that David Templeton has retired from football at the age of 32 um, one of my favourite players growing up, a real hearts hero of mine was, was Temps um, and looking back I was obviously gutted to see him sold to Rangers I don't think we then realised just how big the transfer fee was at that point um, I would actually go as far as to say that Hearts saw the best of David Templeton I know that he's done well at Aki's and I'm not sure whether a coaching role is perhaps in store from there. Rangers I can't really talk about because it's the lower leagues. I know that he was obviously one of their better players but it's a bit of an anomaly really. Um, so yeah, I just really gutted actually to see Temps retire. Gave us some great memories. Obviously the goal at Anfield, that goal at Easter Road was my personal favourite David Templeton moment but I'm sure you're... Uh, equally as sad as I was, McIver, to see that news break this week. Definitely. Um, We have a friend who we speak about sometimes, Andrew Petrie, who works with Hamilton, and he sent me a message about two hours beforehand going, pay attention to Twitter. And I was like, oh, and he was like, no, 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 just pay attention to Twitter. And then, obviously, that news came up, and it just was... It was genuinely just really sad, because he is, as you said, he's only 32. Like... I know, he's, I know he's a wide player and typically wide players tend to peter off quicker just because often they're the faster and pace is one of the first things to go when you get older but the injuries he's had are so, so unfair for a guy who should have probably reached a higher level than he actually did. Um, of course, the two memories that come up are that Edinburgh Derby go at Easter Road which is one of the best I've ever seen where he just seems to pick it up at the halfway line and like... Maradona in the 86 World Cup just runs past the whole Hibs team to put it in the far left hand side but for me it is that moment in Anfield, me and my brother were watching it on a tiny wee CRT monitor on a dodgy stream in my bedroom and just lost our minds, it's one of the go- I've, it's one of those few goals that I, I always will go, I don't know if I'll celebrate a goal like that again because yeah. of just what it meant and just you, I know, listen I had a bunch of people, I saw a bunch of people, sorry, be like, aye, but it was lucky. And then you see none of them are Hearts fans. It's like, who cares that it rain or spills it? It's, it's just one of those moments. Borthwick shared the photo of him and his dad. That was brilliant, actually, in, that picture. Yeah, my dad was there, but he was in the Liverpool end. He couldn't <laughs> get a ticket for the Hearts end. So him and his mate were in the cop uh, as it happened. And obviously, I wish I was there, but... I didn't expect thing watching at home. He, as you say, for our generation, he's one of the most exciting players we've ever seen. Part of that team that could have done more as well, but 
at the start of that season were just fantastic. Him and Kevin Kyle had a really great relationship. I think, I, I can't remember who it was, but I think it actually was Kevin Kyle who said that Temps was just routinely told, never look for a pass before you hit the byline. Just constantly look to get past them. And if nine times out of ten you fail, it's fine because the one time you get past them will score. And that, it was Jim Jeffries that said that. Yes, that yes, it I was Jeffries. That. that was one of yeah. my favourites. And I just, I hope he goes into coaching. I would love him to be given a coaching role at the club. Like, I would adore him to come back in some form of capacity. But I just hope he's happy with whatever he's doing because obviously, as we say, he's still a young guy. Um, and I hope he has a lot left to give if he chooses to go into that. Yeah, I don't know if what he's like as a pundit. He's, I know he's done a couple of kind of super scoreboard type thing sports sound so I don't know if he maybe wants to pursue that instead of a coaching role but just whatever he does I wish him all the best as we both do and just thank you for literally like being one of the best players I've ever seen for us nice couldn't have summed it up any better than that yeah. mate I'll, uh, I'm happy to, to echo those exact thoughts nice one um, so we are going to go around the grounds before we divulge into Hearts beating St Mirren at Tynecastle at the weekend. Um, there were three other Saturday three o'clock uh, kickoffs. The first of which was at Dens Park. A shocking result <laughs> that I did not see coming. Dundee three, Motherwell nil. Um, and then the others were ten man Ross County uh, holding Dundee United up in Dingwall with a one all draw, and ten man St Johnston. Going 1-0 up, but losing 2-1 to Hibernian at McDermott Park in Perth. Uh, what did you make of the other Saturday games before we talk about the Sunday matches, mate? Um, the Dundee one is just peak cinch, and I fully rate it. And it's Dis- so, so hearts. Yes, it is. However, I will say this. Motherwell look, absolute- Motherwell look a different team away from home. Like, away from home, because we did that to Motherwell when they came to us as well. I don't know what it is with them away from home, but they just look... Mind you, well, I I was thinking about that, and then I thought, how can they blow Aberdeen... Well, I say blow Aberdeen away. They they beat Aberdeen 2-0 at Pataudry with two shots, and then they blow us away. How... How is that possible that they then crumble to... Like, That's what I mean. They were terrible. They were terrible against Aberdeen. They just got really lucky. (laughs) But that clearly that luck did not <laughs> run out. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, I I still don't see Dundee building on this at all next weekend. They'll <laughs> inevitably get battered as well. Um, the Ross County Dundee United game, I saw it was a ninety third minute equaliser, which yes. which did us a big favour. We're now two so points clear in third. Um, Dundee United just seem to be kind of. I saw Tam Court's interview actually after it and he was saying that they're really, really good for like 80 minutes and then that final 10 minutes is where they feel really vulnerable. I, I love Tam Court's right, but see when you're chucking out if games only lasted for however long, yeah. that just, come on. Like, yeah. <laughs> you're better than that. Everybody involved in football knows that <laughs> if games ended at a particular time, you know, it's, it's if spots and maybes. Yeah, focus absolutely. Focus on the hour and a half. But I did... I had one all in my preview, so I was pretty pleased with that. Look at you with the, the predictions this weekend. Um, again, I don't think this will allow Ross County to build on anything. Uh, I think it very much is going to be Dundee, Ross County and Livingston as the bottom three just kind of battling it out. And then the St Johnston... There's another up. team that could get dragged into it, I think. Yeah, for me. absolutely. Um, I, obviously, we were both at the game, so I was checking my phone at half-time and saw that St Johnston, I, I just saw the score first. So I was like, St Johnston are winning, it's fine. And then it was like, oh, wait, they'll take 10 men. Um, obviously, I, I thought it was a masterstroke as well. Sorry to touch on the previous game, but I had 1 0 St Johnston. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I'm on a roll here. Yeah. But no. <laughs> um, Portis, obviously, with the own goal, but then a couple, like a three minute run where Hibs get two goals right at the end, but. By all accounts, and looking at the highlights, it was very much one-way traffic with Hibs in dominant form. Uh, so obviously, it's put an end to the league form rut that they were in. But very disappointing that five consecutive we, league defeats. I was adamant they'd make it six, but it's, it's not. I have seen, however, that from the start of December on Wednesday till the end, they play nine games. So they, they have a lot of games, and, and in that, they play both the old firm. 
Aberdeen, Motherwell and Dundee United. Strangers midweek, I think, for them, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. And then the first game of January, they play us. So, I mean, in fairness, I've just said they have nine (laughs) games. It would have been hard for them not to play some good teams. Um, I think they're really going to struggle because I just don't think they have the depth. I just don't think they have the depth. I think if they could keep their starting eleven fit, they'll be able to get a decent amount of points. But just with the every three days they're playing a game, travelling to every corner of the country, I think that's going to be a real tough... If they can come through this December, still within touch and distance to the top four, I think that's a big success for them. Fair comment. And then obviously the Sunday games of the, on the day of recording... Um, the first was a 12 o'clock kickoff in West Lothian as Livingston succumbed to a 3-1 defeat at the hands of Rangers before Celtic got the better of Aberdeen 2-1 at Parkhead in the 3 o'clock kickoff. Um, I haven't caught any of the action bar Joe Rebo's goal for Rangers, the second. It was an absolute stunner. Yeah. Um, but no real surprise, is it? I, I think the only surprise that I had was, again, I had 2-1 Rangers, so as soon as Bruce Anderson pulled one back I was like oh this is looking good and then they sealed the deal late on um, but when Lewis Ferguson equalised at Parkhead I was thinking surely not and then sure enough Callum have you McGregor heard about just, Cal McGregor's goal I've heard it's dodgy or it's, oh, like, not, it's the it's funniest not... goal ever so Joe Lewis makes an amazing save and then I can't remember who it is but the Aberdeen defender like looks up and goes to send an 80-yard ball and absolutely tans it off Cal McGregor's arse and it goes in the back of the Oh, head. Jesus. <laughs> it's great. It, it, it's those types of goals. Like, Stephen Glass must just think about giving it up, eh? Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> when your luck's in, it's well and truly in, but when it's not, my word. Um, so, no, I think in terms of the Scottish Premiership weekend, I don't think there was a great deal of cinching, as has been now known, um, other than maybe Dundee. That yeah. was just a bizarre result, but it is what it is. Motherwell, oh, let's just move on. Yeah. <laughs> so, of course, the other or the only game that we didn't speak about just there was Heart of Midlothian beating St Mirren by a 2-0 scoreline at Tynecastle. Robbie Nielsen had made four changes to the Hearts team that had lost to the Steel Men at Fir Park. Um, Craig Halkett returned to the starting eleven following his supposed groin hip injury. He had a groin strain. Groin strain, thank you. Um, your mate Andy Halliday took Alex Cochran's place, so I knew that you would have been delighted with that. Um, and another boo boy of yours, Gary Mackay Stephen, joined Barry Mackay on the flanks in support of top scorer Liam Boyce. So out dropped the suspended Taylor Moore, uh, Alex Cochran, like I mentioned, Josh Janelli, and Ben Woodburn. Four changes. Robbie opted to shake it up, vary things. Were you surprised? What were your thoughts once you saw the, the 11 names that had been chosen to take on the buddies? Right. To give a little bit of kind of context to this, I had an absolute nightmare getting to the game. <laughs> so, as they threw in Pilton, it was absolutely freezing, as anybody who went to that game will know. Baltic. Yes, exactly. was like, right, we need to be... Obviously, I get a bus in and then walk from the top of Princess Street down to Tynecastle. So it was like, right, the bus is at quarter How to two. How far you walk? Yeah. Jeez. I, I, get, I get my steps in, mate. Off, evidently. <laughs> Absolutely. Just, as long as they make it worth it, that's all. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I was like, right, bus is at quarter two. We're leaving, at like, we're leaving the house at 22 to mitigate the amount of time we're out in the cold. I'm still standing at the bus stop at ten past two. Eight buses were meant to have come, and on the bus tracker it said they had, and we were just standing there like, what's going on? So at freezing, finally a bus arrives half an hour late, and I'm like, right, we're going to be late, and then I see the team. So I'm already in a bad mood, (laughs) and then I'm like, right, let's see this team. First of all, half the changes, delighted with. Delighted that Liam Boyce is back. When Liam Boyce is fit, Liam Boyce starts. Delighted that Craig Halkett was back because I said against Motherwell we really needed him and we'll we get into him. it but we it showed why we missed him against Motherwell. Then the other half was as if Robbie went how can I wind Daniel up? I, I was thinking this was a massive middle finger to you. Yes. More, more than anybody else that I know actually. 
I'll I'll put GMS in, which just annoys him because he thinks he's rubbish. But not only will I put Andy Halliday in, I'll replace Andy Halliday with one of Daniel's favourite players in the form of Alex Cochran, who just for, I just think he was rested. I think that was it. I think it's we're playing three games in a week. We want Cochran for Celtic. We'll rest him. And or Levy. Yeah, I don't know if that was the reasoning. <laughs> I fucking hope he's no hurt. But I'll be honest, I read that team and went, right. I don't <laughs> think this is going to be a very successful afternoon for the most part. And a very successful afternoon certainly seemed a long, long <laughs> way away when I watched that first half. I mean, my goodness. You know it's bad when you're instantly chucking out texts at about quarter two saying, we've been rank, what on earth was that? <laughs> like, I actually thought the boos were kept to a minimum. I was fully expecting, you know, just heralds of abuse from every angle. But I I was slightly, I wouldn't say slightly disappointed by the, the lack of boos, but... They say that! But, you know, we've got to let them know that that, that first 45 just was not good enough, was it? No, it absolutely wasn't. Listen, I don't boo just ever. Like, even when we're getting beat handily off mother, I don't boo. <laughs> like, I just, I'm just like, well, I, I just get annoyed and swear. <laughs> That's my way of dealing with it. Um, I'll take it out on everybody but hearts. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, that first half was some of the worst I've seen in a while, and it, it very much was just this is what we all expected when we saw that team there really isn't a lot to speak about in terms of moments from the first half because it was just more general like everybody's playing badly we're too sort of passive passed us by didn't it yeah we're so pa- passive really was did. the word I used to describe it and just I will say before we kind of go into everything to do with the game I was quite impressed with St Mirren especially in the, especially for the first kind of 60 minutes up until we initially scored which we'll get to in a bit of course I thought they did really well in controlling the game. They they definitely again, had the better of it first half. One hundred percent. They they had absolutely the more clear cut chances and just they just looked like a team who knew what they were doing. They had a game plan. They went out and executed it well. I I mean I made it clear on the pod last week that I'm not a big St Mirren fan. That goes without saying. But I do actually like. Jim Goodwin as a gaffer. I, I think, really like Jim Goodwin as well. I, I think he recruits really well. And when I looked at, I thought the first half, St Mirren's better opportunities, if you like, were Jamie McGrath probably feeding Eamon Brophy. There was a couple where Eamon Brophy, he sort of swivels and he blasted one over the bar. And then McGrath sends a lovely ball with the outside of his foot down the line. Brophy tries to catch Gordon out at his near post. But I think if anything was to come, of St Mirren in that first 45 would have been through those two and Jamie McGrath's a player that we both highlighted last week mm. you know I'm a big fan of Eamon Brophy's it was, it was a wee bit nerve wracking actually when they had a couple early opportunities I don't know whether you felt the same definitely however I will say I didn't think Brophy did as much as I expected him to throughout the game and I think the majority reason for that is that Halkett just stood on them the whole game Halkett just clearly was told, you have two jobs today, header everything that comes your way, which he, mu- I, he must have a as concussion. You, after as you do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I saw he won 98% of his aerial duels. <laughs> like, just insane. And stay on Eamon Brophy, don't let him turn you, don't let him get past, don't let him get in behind. And I think he did really, really well, so much so that the only times I can remember him doing anything was those kind of snapshots that he had. I don't remember him having any full-on clear-cut chance that was as a mistake from us. Halkett kept him marshalled incredibly well. Same with um, Kingsley, who obviously we'll speak about later on. But I felt that from that first half when the complaints was we were too passive, weren't doing great. Obviously, apart from Gordon being Gordon and just being amazing I felt that from an outfield perspective Halkett and Kingsley were probably our best two players because they just everything they did they kept it simple and they actually tried to make us move up the park it was just everybody else couldn't get into that rhythm no definitely I I, I really liked Jamie McGrath and Connor Ronan kind of picking up those little pockets of space looking to sort of feed Brophy through but that didn't really seem to to materialise just like you say Mm. Um, I think in terms of Hearts' chances, 
there was a, a Liam Boyce deflected effort a nice bit of link up I think from Michael Smith and Benny Beningamy down the right hand side yeah. Benny sort of lobs it over to Michael Smith who just fires one in rapidly looks for Barry Mackay and, and Liam Boyce who I don't know I, I felt as though they kind of got in the way of one another Boyce yeah they did has, then yeah. has a wee one two with Barry Mackay and it deflects wide and everybody knows that I'm a big fan of Barry Mackay's I thought he was one of our better players at I was time. actually just about to say I feel bad there for saying that the only two of the first half were Halkett and Kingsley I felt everything positive was coming through Mackay yeah definitely I, I would agree with that and just on this occasion he's perhaps that little bit too central I, <laughs> I jokingly said last week about Scott aka Amarusa lets it run I agree with him in that I'd like to see Barry Mackay wider more frequently but I actually think Barry Mackay has got a decent bit of end product when he glides inside. I think he's. I think he can pick a pass probably better than most of our players. Um, but my frustration there was there's no real need for him to be effectively on Liam Boyce's toes in that instance. Definitely that in that situation you're like, what are you doing? And we'll inevitably get a situation that's very similar right at the end of the game as well. But I just feel like he's our most exciting player. Like every yeah. single time he gets it, I'm like, right, we can do something here, and I, I just never feel that way with any of the other wide players. I think that when either Gino Woodburn or GMS gets it, I'm like, right, something might come of this if we're smart. Whereas whenever Barry Mackay gets it, I'm like, if you run at somebody, we're going to get in here, and we've been missing that for ages. I think he's great. I, I honestly, I back Barry Mackay from day dot. I'm just desperate for him to score. He has to break his duck sooner rather than later. I'm um, not really bothered about him scoring. If I'm totally honest, I just feel right? like there's more to come from him, mate. I, I, I would I think, love though, it's for it unfair. to be Thursday night at Parkhead. One hundred percent. That would just be the ideal time. But I think it's a bit unfair in them that people are going. He's not contributing enough with goals and assists because the amount of a, the amount of times he could have had assists if people are just paying attention. Hundred <laughs> percent. Like, we're so wasteful, and yeah, our, our reluctance to shoot was what killed me in the first half. There's a couple chances where we receive it on the edge of the box. And I'm thinking somebody's got to pull the trigger here, and you're just you're. GMS was a nightmare for that. He it's was one of so them bad. Like, you're not fully on your feet, but you're sort of getting ready. Like, come on, come on, and then they just. Oh, I don't know. I, I just. That was my key frustration, is that we'd get into good areas, but why are we so reluctant to pull the trigger sometimes? It's just so infuriating. Boyce had one right at the end of the half, where if he just hits it first time, either Jack Anik has to make an incredible save at point-blank range, the one or on it he, goes on in. his left foot, and he yeah. sort of shifts back. Yeah, that was one I wanted to talk about, because he seems to want to shift it onto his stronger right foot, and I'm with you. That had to be a first time with his left peg ideally across Anik but he seemed reluctant to do so it was so frustrating Smith had done so well to like bomb for the outside and play a brilliant pass and it is GMS was GMS was fucking atrocious that first half I just thought he was anonymous he did nothing any positive thing that we had going was down the right hand side through like you say Michael Smith was roaming Barry Mackay was drifting inside trying to pick that pass but again, it, it wasn't as though that was on a frequent basis. It, it just seemed very rare because, like you said, for the most part, the first half passed us by. There was one thing I was wanting to ask you, um, and it was kind of a, a potential penalty claim on, I think it was about the half hour, where Liam Boyce appeals for a high foot. I, th- I think it might have been Scott Tanzer before yeah, he was taken Stanzer. off. Yeah, yeah. Was there anything in that for you? Because that was right in front of me, given my, my change of seat. Yes, you were in the Gorgistand, obviously, yeah. I d- but I, d- I didn't think as though there was... Or I didn't feel as though there was a great deal in it, if I'm totally honest. I think there is. Do you? I think... I do, however... I maybe need to watch the highlights back, I, I'll see, confess. that's the thing. I, at the time, because again, I'm in line with it in R, I was like, I think that's a penalty. And by the way, before we get into anything about this... Fuck it, the ref gave a drop ball 30 yards away from where it happened after it. Don't even, I'm going to praise the officials for one of our goals, but for the most part, my goodness, again. It was unbelievable, some of the decisions were just, some of the decisions were like, when you don't know the rules of football, so you just go, oh, I'll do this. 
Do you know what the most annoying thing is though? It's not even a surprise at this point. Nah. Like you, everybody just seems accustomed to accepting that there are going to be a couple faux pas from from these officials, man. Every it's, single week, it's, there's something to complain about. I will say, for the benefit of balance, St Mirren had a penalty shout as well, and I think it is a penalty. What about the? When Richard Tate had the ball in the net for a potential offside, do you feel I think that it's was I think it's very tight, but it it's a right tight. it's a right decision. Just I think. yeah, just just it's very just, <laughs> but I think it is right as just as they come. Yeah, um, with the boys' penalty, I think there is something in it, but I don't know if it's enough for him to give a penalty. I think Tans is lucky though. Because is that he, just us reeking the desperation? That maybe so so rubbish up to that point that boys is back. We're like, yes, we've got maybe. somebody to take these. I don't, I don't know. know, but his foot is high. I know boys is stooping a bit. But That's why I was. His foot is still high. It's above his own waist. Yeah, uh, I, I don't I, think it's enough to know. give a penalty, but I'd understand if it was given. Yes. Yeah. I, I can I can agree with you there. This yeah. is where we need like Cammy Connor on the phone to just. Yes. He's he's a qualified ref, isn't he? He could yeah. he could enlighten us here. Aye, um, but he's shite and all. He'd get as many decisions wrong as well. I've seen him be a lino. Big man, you taking that? If you're watching. <laughs> <laughs> tweet us abuse. Feel free or tweet MacIver abuse, not me. Yeah. Um. Look, the the second half started and. <laughs> Oh god, I didn't know. I didn't know what to anticipate given that first half performance. Can I also say, this is one gripe that I've got. Why? Why do we allow? I'm assuming Saint Mirren won the coin toss or whatever. Well, this is my what, conspiracy theory. Why do we allow opposing teams to switch the ends? Well, this it is the really thing. Really annoys me. They they won the coin toss, which is the point. Right. right. If if you win the so coin, they know toss, exactly what they're doing. Choose. Yeah, that's my conspiracy theory. Every year, like every game this season, we've been classed in the first half and kind of fell off. I just think Hearts, the Hearts players thought they were in the second half because they were shooting towards the rosebud. The, the rosebud. I was like, they just think they're in the second half. That's well, what it says because we're much better in this. We're much better in the second half, and they must have just been like, right, first half. Here we go, coming out at ten past three. That's, I've got a conspiracy theory because that happened in the championship as well I can't remember who it was we were playing I think it was Inverness that might be wrong somebody let me know on Twitter but somebody swapped us and we were shit in the half that we normally were good in and we were class in the half we were normally rubbish in and it was the exact same I can't remember who it was That's it's really annoying me maybe it was Cove in the cup this season no I feel no, like no Andy Halliday's Oh, well, like Andy Alves was in Andy the first Halliday half. Was in the, yeah, that was yeah. in the Gorgie. No, yeah. No, wait, yeah, it, it was, was in the Gorgie. Gorgie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, hold it on a was second. <laughs> yeah, honestly, that that just that that is one of my biggest annoyances, and I don't yeah, know why yeah. it annoys me, but I'm just I'm not I just it, I know why it, it annoys me wrong. because I'm in the half that is nearest the Gorgie, so I like the fact that the second half towards the end of the game, if it's tight. It's like we'll have a winner in mass half of the stadium. If if you were in the Roseburn, you'd have been laughing. If you were in the Gorgie like I was just at the weekend there, I literally saw nothing. It's all up there. The, the, we'll come to Kingsley Free Kick later on, but I genuinely like I had to get the binoculars out. I was like, what on earth's going on here? I used to sit my dad and my brother used to have a season ticket down at the corner flag first row of the Gorgie. Because my brother was young enough that he liked being close to the players. And my dad, for like four years, was like, this is the worst seat in the world. You can't <laughs> see anything. And whenever I'd get his season ticket, he'd be like, what are we doing here? And my brother would just be like, there's Jamie, there's Callum Parson, there's Jamie Walker. This It's like, well, I can see them and I can't see anything else in the game. <laughs> oh, dear. I don't know how folk in the Gorgie do it, man. Get me back to section N where I rightfully belong. Um... <sighs> And I'd have seen loads more of the second half had I been in my <laughs> correct seat because I actually felt, despite the poor first half performance, that we started quite brightly in that second half. We did. Maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe this is. Like, I'm telling you. Is there some kind of I don't know what, what would you even what would you? It's even just call a men. It's a men. It's a mentality thing. It's them going. If we shoot towards this end, we're rubbish. If we shoot towards that end, we're good. And it just so happens to always be that we're shooting to the towards the rosebud in the first half, and then that fucked us for the first half where we were shooting towards the gorgie. Got some kind of 
resonance with the Roseburn going on. I, I, look, I don't know. But either way, like I say, we started the, the second half positively. Um, I think within the first couple of minutes, there was a chance where yep. Barry Mackay again looking to make things happen, clipped one to the back stick, and it lands at Gary Mackay Stephen, who opts to volley. For me, it's got to be laces as opposed to the kind of side foot that he tries past Jack Anik. Were you kind of that same belief and therefore annoyance? I just, I have no time for him. I have absolutely no time for Gary Mackay Stephen. At half time, I took to Twitter and kind of gave my half time thoughts and I refreshed Twitter. And oh, every single Hearts fan, whether it was Hearts though, this is my story, I'm going to let it run, everybody was just like, what is the point in GMS? He offers that. This is my story. Was like he's pathetic. Hearts was like has he ever offered that. anything? That's a there. That was yeah, funny. like he's just a waste of a jersey all the time. I have no time for him. He was so bad. I don't give a fuck that he scored. Right? He was fucking terrible. And and it wasn't like a break from the norm. Joel Sked perfectly summed it up in his review at the end of the game. He was like. He was, he was inconsistent for Aberdeen but Aberdeen fans accepted that because when he was good he was great he was like and they also had a plethora of wide players to choose yeah, from like your Niall McGinn's and whoever else yeah Gary McKay-Steven has been incredibly consistent for Hearts he's just been shit for like wow. 90% of his time here and then there's been part where we like oh listen he's nursing an Achilles injury over the last six weeks no I don't care. I don't but, care if he's got a broken leg. He's, he's been the, bad, it was, Adam. It was, the, it was the jet lag from New York that just lasted for, for months or end. That's a year. <laughs> We're coming up a year now since he signed. And he's had five good performances. Give, give us your five. The last four of the championship and Celtic opening day. <laughs> that was it. That was it. <laughs> so he's not had anything since August. No, August, tell me August. a game where he has done something good on July th- from July thirty first to <laughs> yesterday when he scored. What has he done? I'm, I'm just I'm just asking questions. Don't you? Don't, no, don't I am. This on t- me I am turning this on you because you're the man who wanted him, and you're the man who stuck by him, and you're the man who went to bat for him. So I- therefore, <laughs> go and bat for this man who has been atrocious for ninety percent of the time he's been here. Can we not just talk about Barry Mackay? No, you don't get to do this. You don't get to focus on the one that you liked. You you batted for that entire left-hand side yesterday, and they were rubbish. <laughs> hey, in fairness, I batted for Andy Halliday to get us out of the Seaside League. We touched on that a couple pods ago. And GMS was better than the jobbers like Elliot Freer, Jervain Castanier, this Jordan is the thing, Roberts. Though. Like, all this dross. This is the thing, though. In all honesty... Was he? Has he been better than A.D. White? Oof. That's a genuine question. He's absolutely been better than Castanier, Roberts, Freer, which I think I could be as good <laughs> as those three. But in together. All, yeah, exactly. But in all seriousness, I would probably put him on the same level, if not worse, than A.D. White. Well... That, I feel like that's a clip for Twitter and we'll, we'll gauge folks' thoughts because <laughs> I, I, I don't think I can give you a definitive answer. I feel like White maybe just shades that. That's a statement and a half, in it? Yeah, when you actually break that down, yeah, that's not good. Oh, <laughs> no, it's not. No, it really isn't good. I championed this signing. You're right. Yeah. I, I was desperate. Look, we talked about it with Josh Ginelli. He was another that was just... He much, pissed me much, off when he came much, on yesterday. Much better than, than we had. <laughs> Isn't this great? We're, we're winning and still more. I love how we're now speaking about the second half and are getting more annoyed than we were speaking about the first despite, half. Despite us being miles better in the <laughs> yeah, second half exactly. than in the first. Yeah. Um, I think... Yeah. Look, <laughs> I love how this is blowing your mind. Like you okay. didn't think of that, and it's completely changed everything. I'm gone, team. I've actually gone. <laughs> right, back to the second half because where, where GMS is about to do something good. Well, no, I, I was going to touch on a couple of chances before that. Ones that I actually did get to see because there were some mirror chances. Oh yeah, of course. Sh- shooting at Craig Gordon. Um, the first of which was a Jamie McGrath shot, which 
I was right behind and was adamant that it was goalbound, but for a stunning save from CG. Um, Alan Power, I think, clips it over for Richard Tate initially, who kind of back heels it into McGrath's path. Um, stunning strike, good save, and then the resulting corner is a stramash <laughs> of just nonsense. Kyle McAllister sends a shot, which Gordon then tips over, and the crowd are becoming restless at this point. Despite, like we said, I actually thought the second half we started quite well, but it just, oh, it was just, it was just annoying because we we started well, but didn't we still hadn't conjured anything up? Like we were genuinely not in that game for an hour, yeah, and a, um, and a little bit more. That the one that you just spoke about, where he tipped it over from that ensuing corner. That's when it got really bad. Because there was that goal mouth scramble where Boyce clears it off the line, just kind of hits it away, and then Gordon, I think Charles Dunn is there. I, he's I he's so. lurking because again, this was right in front of me, mate. And I'm not yeah. gonna lie, like it, it was one of those. It was like pinball. Like my eyes did not know where to turn. Yeah. It was it was chaos. Um, and just before, if you watch the highlights back, it's unbelievable. They have a slow down version of it. Charles Dunn is winding his foot back to hit it. And as he's about to make contact with the ball, Gordon jumps forward and flicks it over his foot. And it's just unbelievable. But that then resulted in it landed at Benny's foot. And everyone's just like, just get rid of it. And he tries to do that thing that he does where he just is like, it's fine, I have the ability to take this out and immediately loses it. And that's where Gordon has to send another one over the top of the bar. Yeah, that's right. I think that's the McAllister one, isn't it? Yeah. And then the crowd are just getting that. Furious because <laughs> that was ridiculous. I do want to mention them because we're about to kind of just now go into just positivity because from this point well, onwards, well, you know what I mean. <laughs> but more good, positive than we have yeah, been. Good things started to happen. But I want to mention Benny. He was he was really bad yesterday. He was I thought he was really bad. I think there was worse players than him, without a shadow of a doubt. I would have given Benny a six, for example, right? As the squad number suggests. Like yes, it. exactly. Um, I thought, like for example, GMS was miles worse than him. Um, I thought, I thought Suter was atrocious. I'm in that first half. I'm in that you first said half, that because I, I thought he was probably the worst out of the back three. He was just he was Definitely. shocking. Like there was so many times in that first half, a guy behind me just went, "I've never seen Suter play this badly." I told I, I said this a pod or two ago. It's the it's the transfer talk. It's the speculation. Just put pen but to that paper, makes, that and then we can no forget sense. all about it. Soapy, come on, Free, Freezer just Smith. Fraser Smith tweeted, I see John Suter here playing for his big money move to Cowden B. Because <laughs> that was the level he was playing at. But I felt Benny just, again, it's more that first half, I probably should have mentioned it earlier, that first half where it was like, right, we need you to do something. And he just always takes it and turns and either plays it across or backwards every single time. And then in the first half, he played one ball forward and we knew he scored from it. And it's like, Look, you can do it. You can do it, mate. Just, just do it. Just do it frequently. Yeah. yeah. It's like it's like the whole shooting thing. Like oh some come on, somebody just, just see that leash one. See when you were speaking earlier about the where Benny clipped it over to Smith. Yeah. See as soon as he hit it, like across. I know obviously it's a fantastic pass and it is a pass. But yeah. the minute he did it, my brain went, is that him shooting? And he's just that shit. Is <laughs> that just, a shot? It's just turned into a spectacular ball. Because I didn't see Smith running. So I was just like, is that just the worst <laughs> shot ever? Oh, dearie me. But Biscuit's, <laughs> Biscuit's <sighs> legacy continues. He needs to take time out. And he's gonna, obviously, but he I, needs I, to. I think that's where the frustrations arrived for that first half. I don't think any of the midfield got to grips with the game they just if, if I'm it's been the last kind of couple of games barring the Dundee United game the Aberdeen game the, the Motherwell game and now this game it's taken Devlin and Benny ages to get control or often they just never have Aberdeen and Motherwell they just never did but yesterday it was like it took them to the hour mark to do it and 
it's so frustrating because against Dundee United they bossed it against Motherwell at home they bossed it against Levy at home they bossed it it's like how can you do that and then at other times it takes you an hour to do it we say it all the time there is a reason why they are at hearts mate yeah I ain't just they're too similar we need a different player in there who, or 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 a Peter Haring who can come in and just because regardless of what you say about Haring I don't Haring, think that's again of that kind of say milk though no no this is what I was about to say regardless of what you say of Haring he always controls a midfield what you can criticise him is that he controls it and doesn't do a lot with it but I can't really think of games where Haring hasn't went in bossed the midfield and then that allows Devlin who is absolutely the most attacking minded of the three to get forward a bit interesting I'd yeah. also though, I also want McInef and Devlin as a two all I'm going to say is by some selections in recent weeks albeit not Saturdays I think the gaffer's been listed to Perth to Paisley so Robbie if you are <laughs> listening there you go I will say though, this is a great, because some people I think will take this as like, we are criticising Benny in that he's not good enough. That is not what we're saying at all. What we're saying is just that he's been forced to play every single game this season. I think we would just benefit from mixing it up a bit. And it's probably the position where we have the most depth in as well. Yeah, no, I I agreed, mate. Um, I want to touch on our chances and us breaking the deadlock because there was one where Liam Boyce looked to be slipped through again by Barry Mackay and it's what you were kind of saying earlier and that Barry Mackay's numbers would read really well if we could finish um, because the chance doesn't even fall to Liam Boyce due to the miscontrol it falls to Michael Smith Hearts then kind of win a corner but nothing really comes of it it's a great save though it is a great save but I think it's it's I think is it from St Mirren's counter that we then try and get yep. it back mm-hmm. and successfully do so through Craig Halkett back in the side just there you go say, say no more um, what I will say is <laughs> I alluded to it earlier the officials actually played a decent advantage for once I that know. was great I, I mean know. thanks for letting the game breathe because that is another bugbear of mine um, Cammy Devlin finds Liam Boyce who feeds it out to GMS Slips in Barry Mackay, who I don't know whether he's crossing, shooting. He doesn't really seem to know. It then falls back to Gary Mackay, Stephen, who opens the body up, coolly slots into the bottom corner, past a flat-footed Jack Anik, 1-0 hearts, and it was more relief rather than yeah. joy. I, I burst out G- laughing. Given, given the frustration... <laughs> Why did you first start laughing? Sorry, literally, frustration. literally, everybody jumps up. I turn to my brother and me and him just went, it's GMS and burst out laughing. Because it just sums up how shit the day was that he was the one to break the deadlock. Like, the worst player in the park just was like, oh, it's fine. It's fine, lads. I'll fix us. Don't worry about it. Can I just say, who had been largely anonymous for... He had done nothing. He had done absolutely nothing. Or whatever it was before we scored. I think Boyce does incredibly well here. He holds it up really well and then almost loses it, but uses his body to keep the ball and plays it out to GMS, which then gets back to him. That, That was another frustration of mine over the 90. How many times did you see Craig Gordon launch it long to Liam Boyce, who does well to hold off... And there's his no man, one a, a variety of defenders, but nobody is playing a supporting role. Yeah. Like if if Barry Mackay and Gary Mackay Stephen are operating centrally, then surely they pick up the seconds from Boyce holding on to the ball. Yeah. But that it didn't transpire that way. The same as Benny Beningame and Cammy Devlin could break forward to receive possession from Boyce. And again, that didn't really happen. Liam Boyce must have been the most fouled or the most tackled player on that park Saturday yeah. afternoon. I would genuinely not be surprised if that was the case because how many times would we launch it long, he'd do really well to hold it, but nobody's there. Yeah. And my my frustration beforehand has been how isolated he is. Again, like, offer him some support and see where, see where we go from there. It was another day of just proving why when Liam Boyce is fit, Liam Boyce starts... Yeah. Uh, his performance was just missing a goal there was these four guys behind us 
and they, I heard them say that they, they were English guys and they said that they'd come up because one of their mates is a Scottish Hearts fan and they'd never seen Hearts they were fucking infuriating all game because they just kept they were cri- delighted getting their money's worth Jesus. Ah, exactly <laughs> they just kept criticising Boyce and Mackay the whole game interesting and it's like of all people to be criticising from this performance yeah they're the choose... two that I'd least likely criticise yeah so the criticism of Boyce was that he wasn't holding up well enough and the criticism of Mackay is that he wasn't feeding balls to feet are these guys on crack? I was just like, what? what's going on? Is this what the English Premiership has done to people? Like, this is what they think is the Brainwashed. Goal. Yeah. Um, it was, Boyce was just so good. The only thing he was missing was a goal. And he, listen, he missed that chance at the end of the first half and should score from it. He should just hit it. And first it's annoying. Time, like yeah. yeah. It's annoying that he doesn't. But his overall play was so good and he was so influential with that first goal. Definitely. And... Listen, he could have had hearts two to the good before they would go two to the good because there's one where he tries to beat Jack Anik at his near post. I think yep. that's the one where Cammy Devlin then receives his booking because he slides in on Jack Anik. He um, was lucky to stay on the park, by the way, because he dived. The, the rascal that he is. So he dived yeah, right in front of the ref when he was booked. Oh, oh God. I love him. He's just a, a shit house, isn't he? Can I just say the only tweet that Cammy Devlin liked this weekend about the game was mine again. Oh, here we go. I mean, Listen, I'm, I'm if you saying. picked up the programme as well, MacIver's, you know... Oh, yeah, we haven't mentioned that! MacIver's love affair for Cammy Devlin. Ma- mind you've given a po- has tailed off. You've and- given him a monarchy title, mate. I just yeah. like Cammy Devlin. I, no, I, I just like the alliteration, and I was I, I will look like a right numpty if we don't sell him for £10 million, because I, I said it from it's the get print. Club it's record print. sale, I'm telling you. It has to happen. My Congolese king. Love you. I just um, love Cammy Devlin. He's class. <laughs> Again. Do you think he was much better than Benny Beningamil? I think he was better than Benny. I don't think he was much better. Fair comment. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we, we talked about kind of Liam Boyce up against Charles Dunn, some other meaty centre-half, Joe Shaughnessy, whoever. But it is Charles Dunn that eventually takes Liam Boyce down on 73 minutes. Before the missile man steps up to unleash one, Stephen Kingsley, take a bow. Bend right. it like Beckham? No, bend it like Kingsley. This is the thing. When it happened, me and my brother both, normally he goes, oh yeah, he's going to score this. And I'm like, no, he's not. We both were like, it's too central. So Kingsley was going to have to be in two minds. We thought that it's like, right, either if it's a bit wider you can just put whip on it and hope it goes in. If it's a bit closer, so you can't get the whip, you just hit it as hard as you can. Because of the position it was in, I was like, he can't he can't do both of them. He's not that good. And then, as soon as he hit it, it was like, this is going in. And it's just... Me and my dad were speaking about this, we were trying to work out if it's the best free kick we've ever seen in person. The only two we could think of that were at the same level both happened in the same game and they were Lee Griffiths' two against England for Scotland. Right. Don't mention that rat's name on this podcast ever again. But they were class three kicks. So we were thinking, they good and take into account the spectacle and stuff like that. But I think Kingsley's is the best I've ever seen because I don't think any goalkeeper in the world is getting that. I don't care if you're Jack Anik, if you're Martin Dubravka, if you're Manuel Neuer, if you're Gigi Donnarumma. I don't care who you are. It's the mo- that video so that's been effort. put on Twitter. The guy who's up the back of the gorgie and filming it. I thought I had a decent view of it, by the way, but yes. that is even better. <laughs> that's incredible. You see, if you pause it right just before it hits the back of the net, it literally. There's the meme online where everyone's like, "Oh, it's top bins." It could not be more... To- it hits the side netting. It's gorgeous. unbelievable. Absolutely and gorgeous. The, the thumbnail for today's episode is the still image of Kingsley as it hits the back of the net because he, he isn't celebrating or anything. He just kind of is like, 
Oh, that was good. Yeah. Sure, that reminded me of that reminded me of the Dale Carrick um, presser. Yes, when he was asked, yes. him, "How did it feel to score against Tibbs?" and he's given it the. Yeah, that was Benny's reaction to it is the best. <laughs> what does Benny ben- do? Oh, have is, you not seen what they do? Is it just like that. So Benny and Cammy have amazing reactions. Benny's standing kind of parallel and just puts his hand on his head and crouches down. Just like, I can't believe it. And Cammy Devlin just puts his hand on his mouth and looks towards the wheat field just like, I can't believe it. Unbelievable. That that was worth the admission fee alone. Like, he had, the, he had scored one... The rest of the game was one, rank, but to see that in person... He had scored one career goal before he got to us. That is incredible. Because I, I also wanted to touch on Hart's stats releasing yes. a, an absolute topper of a stat I've got it here just so I get it right but no Hearts player this century has scored more direct free kicks than Stephen Kingsley Saturday's goal moved him ahead of Bruno Aguiar and level with Paul Hartley on five now that's some esteemed company so what that means is pretty lucky but statistically statistically he's the best free kick taker you and me have ever seen yeah because we missed Robbo and stuff like that like before this yeah Aguiar and Hartley we've obviously both seen yeah but but statistically now Kingsley's better than Aguiar and tied with Hartley it's mad it's mad unbelievable what a man we need to get a contract sorted please for the (laughs) love of God uh, listen, I, I saw the articles with regards to Craig Halkett obviously being offered a yes. deal, or negotiations starting, I should mm-hmm. say. Why why the delay with Kingsley? It might Ob- not be delayed. We might just not be the high profile one. Or I don't know if it's I don't know if it's, do- know if it's oh, not don't happening. Do this, man! Come on, <laughs> but look, everybody's positive. We've had a great start to the season. It'd be so hearts now to just let these guys walk away for free. Come on, don't do it. Please, even if, even if we have to give out assurances that they'll eventually be sold, till we can find suitable replacements, don't do what we always do. Let's either tie them down or appropriately cash in. Please, Hibs have been handing out contracts like it's Christmas, so you've got no excuse. Come on. That can I just quickly say that's not how it works. You don't just no. go. Well, Hibs have been doing it, so Hibs have been fucking handing it deals to Paul Hanlon. Like, that's not right. what I want oh. us to emulate. Hold on a second. Did you not see him in the semi final? No. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Look, um, Stephen Kingsley's third free kick of the season. I mean, the one in Dingwall was good. What was the other? Motherwell. And now... That 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 tops a lot. 100%. It's his best free kick he's ever scored. It's better than the Dundee one opening championship It's game. got to be his best career goal. Surely! Well, I mean, come on, Stephen. We've what done you a favour. You've done know. us a favour. Come on. I don't know what his goal at Hull was. I know that's where he scored his other goal. It might have been a forty-yard free kick. We don't know. God knows. But at that stage, look, like I say, that was worth the admission fee alone because the rest of the game was largely terrible. Um, <laughs> but were you thinking that that was three points secured then? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Good, yes. good. <laughs> I thought you, I thought you might play it off and just be like, no. I thought they were good. We're going to no, come back. No, at that point I was like, thank right. God. Surely even we can't fuck this up. Um, because you alluded to earlier that Barry Mackay could have and probably should have bagged his first goal for Hearts. I want to say a quick thing before you go into this. Go on. We we're speaking about Barry Mackay and the fact that his numbers, particularly in assists, could be higher if other players finish something. I want to say this about a guy who is not generally liked by Hearts fans, but Armand Nandwe is in the exact same position. GMS has missed two absolute sitters from his passes, and now Barry Mackay's missed an absolute sitter. The pass from Nandwe is so good. That was the only thing that Nandwe did when he came on. Hey, I'll take that though. No, of course, but <laughs> like even even the Josh, I think there's a Josh Janelli chance. Where oh he, he just can, he it, runs it, for like fifty yards and, and then and just it, does nothing. But Gino looks to bend one in the top corner and then I think like it's a handball by yeah, the way. The it's a handball with Charles Dunn. Yeah, yeah. But like <laughs> Big Nando's out on the right hand side. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, why are you there? What are you doing here? <laughs> Honestly, man. In fairness, he's ru- He's he's on the right hand side because he's at we counter obviously. <laughs> Just coming he, to get the ball. He's covering 
on the halfway line. So he, he peels round whoever the defender is. And I think he is using the logic of, I'm seven foot nine. Gino's going to hit the byline and cross this into me. And I think he's justified in thinking that. Because Gino has 50 yards to go, I know what I'm going to do here, I know what I'm going to do here. And all he does is just hit it at the St. Mirren guy. Admittedly, it is a penalty. The highlights show he has his hand up like that and it smacks his hand. It should be a penalty, but I, I don't care. That no, was it, awful. I, I, it doesn't change the complexion of the game. And look, this was... That chance was a, a big one that we ultimately didn't take. Barry Mackay's should score. Gino yeah. could do better. I wanted to ask you, the, the final piece of action really was Joe Shaughnessy being shown a red mm-hmm. card for, I think it's his second booking. Yep. Um, but Cammy Devlin, your mate, could have grabbed his first hearts goal before he's he's taken down by Saints' club captain on the edge of the box. Or so, could have slipped in Gino, I might add. No, I didn't I did, want me to do that. But I thought of you, I thought Daniel will be... I had livid. 30 quid on it. Not, no chance. Not, not that I put 30 quid on. It's that... <laughs> Devlin, any time you score, three pound on, thirty quid back. And you get nine like, to one. Yeah, that's quite a good price. And I was like, "It's gonna happen right at the end, and it's gonna like make your I... day." Adam's prediction will be wrong. Exactly. <laughs> It'll be great. Exactly. The terrible start we had to me going. We've kept a clean sheet, scored three and one thirty quid. But no, I hate Shaughnessy now forever. He is a marked man. And he fooled it. It should have been a straight red. <laughs> Get it up, you Joe Shaughnessy. Exactly. Happy days. But that was pretty much all she wrote. A, a, a largely terrible game of football. One that we won't look back on with any real delight other than the Kingsley free kick. You certainly won't, given the other goal scorer. But it was nice to get back to winning wins. Hey, because it's one, also one win in the six beforehand in the league, yes. I was very concerned with. Very pleased. Well done, Hearts. Thanks. You made it's the also, journey worthwhile. Also a positive that we actually won when playing badly. How often do we play badly and either get a draw or a loss? Brilliant. That's the the sign of good teams. When even not at your best, you pick up the three points. Now a couple couple of points clear in third as well. Well, this is what I was going to touch on because if we're not our best... No, let's not focus on that. Let's focus on the happiness times of being. Two points clean third. Everyone's great. We're not playing anybody midweek. It's fine. Temporarily. Or or the weekend. Temporarily, maybe. But hey, let's make the most of it we still can. So see you later, guys. Thank you for listening to this episode. It's been great. It was the same like how we dragged the arse end out of being the only unbeaten team in the league. And now, here we are. See, men have drawn more than us. I couldn't believe that. We are the second most amount of draws. I think when I I was doing the the Who Scored preview, I noticed that both Hearts and St Mirren had won one in six. I think St Mirren had drawn three of their six. (laughs) So they've probably now overtaken us as a result. Yeah. Um, But obviously that's done. (sighs) Two happy hunting grounds to come this week. Hooray! As first of all, on Thursday night... Again, why Thursday night? We head to Parkhead to take on Celtic. What's your thoughts with this one, mate? (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you're watching the YouTube video, you can tell by my face what my thoughts are. I just think we're going to get absolutely scudded. Yes. Do you know what? No, I'm not going to say that. What I will say is, I'd not like to see us set up in the same fashion as the last time we were at Celtic Park. Don't know, it'd be a laugh like. Imagine if Robbie uh, just does that, just to wind us up. This 3 4 3 has become a 5 2 3. Or yeah. a. 5 3 2. A 9 0 1. Mm. Um, That's why it was in the League Cup. <laughs> it was. Let's just, let's just say lineups and. Score predictions because there's no point alluding to Can what I just we'd like say, to see. It's never often the case when we go to Parkhead. You didn't mention the fact that Benny got stretchered off. I didn't because he's fine. 
And uh, this is what I was going to say. I fully rate it. It's just <laughs> like I just wanted to go off and thought it was exciting. They, I saw there was a stretcher and was like, "I'll have that, please." But the fact that Robbie was just like, "He's had a shower and he's walking home." <laughs> what, what was it? What was it? Robbie said he was like, "Usually players have to score to receive a standing yeah. ovation, and Benny's found a way to not score but receive one anyway." Oh, brilliant! But what a man. Look, my Congolese king will be fine. Who are you? Are you starting him? Are you starting? the same team alongside him you're obviously not going to start Andy Halliday <laughs> or Gary Mackay Steven no, I'm not are they the, the only two changes team. that you'd make because yes. even thinking about it they'd probably be the only two that I'd make for Cochrane yeah. and Woodburn yes that's literally what I'd yeah. do ok that's that done score yep. prediction <laughs> uh, 4-0 Celtic <laughs> I'll go a slightly more optimistic 3-0 Celtic um, <laughs> and then Livingston right I think we will be absolutely battered then do you? yeah I'm still not going. No, that doesn't. My dad and brother are. I got the option to it and said no. No, the Tony Macaroni. I just no. 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 That I, I genuinely don't think I will ever return. Yeah, I'm not going. I've never been in the first place. No, that was that was comfortably one of the worst nights of my life. I would make changes to that side though. Would you? Who would you bring yes, back in? I would Obviously, drop Benny and bring right. on McInef. Okay. Okay. That's it. And then obviously Woodburn and Cochrane. I'm not just keeping GMS. No, I, I, for this. I had yeah. I had suspected from the yeah. Thursday side, if you like. Yeah. Um, so what prediction in that? Three one us. Wow. I'm going for it, mate. I have because I will say this right. It's made me very rapidly realise I have no real bad experiences with Livy in terms of being there. So because I've only ever seen us beat Livy, I think. I don't think I've ever been in attendance for a game where we haven't beat Livingston. I know you have, and you were at the most infamous one. Never again. I turned that off at three. I didn't watch the rest of it. My first Hearts game was against Livingston. Was it? December 02, when we won 2-1, Andy Kirk Brace. Oh my god, so, so this goes it used, deep No, for it, you. No, it, it, that's what I was, was going to come on to. It used to bring such happy, fond memories. You know, my love affair with this football club kicked off against Livingston. I prefer their old badge as well. I don't, no, just a truly... That's what I'm saying! I prefer their old badge for when we were young and we were just battering them every single time we'd play them. I think, obviously I've, I've had my week at home and I'm back down the road now, but I was mm-hmm. sort of clearing stuff out of my room. And Dad has kept, like, old Hearts mementos. And I think he's got, on my third ever Hearts ticket, which was a game against Dunfermline, I had such a bizarre, like, start to my Hearts-supporting career. I didn't have any big teams. I think the Derby was, like, my fourth game. It went Livingston, Braga, Dunfermline, and then Hibs, I think Dad scribbled on the back of the ticket. Like, if that isn't just the most bizarre quartet of first fixtures that you've ever heard, then I don't know what is. I saw Berwick Rangers in my first game. <laughs> and my first goal I ever saw at a Hearts game was an own goal. Brilliant. <laughs> like, I, that's that's going to be... I know that scars around the funnel like the whole homework thing. If you can find like your first four fixtures... Graham, you'll be watching. I was try just and, about to say, he'll try, know my first come on. four. We, we need to know. That would be brilliant for next week. That would be class. Um, because we're going to distract from two probably terrible performances. I'll say that we will... Will I say... You, yeah, do you know what? I'll say that we'll draw with Livingston for who scored, just like I did <laughs> at the weekend, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, I was also going to touch on one final thing because next week we will be back. Having discovered our opponents in the Scottish Cup... Um, yes. The, the third round, I had thought about kind of like a young gun segment because I noticed that Ewan Henderson bagged a hat trick against Bonnie Rig for Alloa. Did he? Scott McGill scored for Airdrie. And, yes, he yeah, did. I great. saw that. So, but then I was like, well, I don't think any other youngsters no, well, no, no are, one that are still contracted to the club did anything. So it was a yeah. waste of time. Um, don't want to play Alloa. Uh, don't really want to play Airdrie either. Have you got any preferences for the Monday? Obviously, this will be tomorrow as we record, but by now, the episode will be out. You'll know who we play, given that the draw was on Monday, but obviously it's tomorrow in the future for us. Any preferences to who you'd like in the draw, mate? Yeah, apologies for that again, folks. My fault. We'll speak about that next week. Um, I want Clyde Bank 
because I think it would be cool. I've never seen Clyde Bank play in person. I would really like that just for the history of them as a club. I think that'd be really cool. Obviously, they're off the back of a cup upset, beating Clyde 2-0. Clyde are not doing well right now. Um, I'd like them. We seem to always get Auchinleck Talbot. So they away can from home, please. Up. Away no, from home, a no. nice little accessible journey that Aaron no. Kelly are also through. So I, no. any of them, um, nice as away long, day, stand in the terracing at Somerset, watching the jam tarts progress. Hopefully, lovely. As long as we get a team from the lower half of the championship down, I'm happy. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> um, ideally, at tiny as well, obviously. Yes, of course. What about you? Excellent. Um, Look, Air United are jobbers. I would love for us to get air away, just for the convenience. The Adam I mean, Kennedy Derby. Oh, I'm literally a mile <laughs> from Somerset. That would just be exceptional. Um, I don't know. Banks a D at home is the ideal draw. <laughs> just like, US, obviously. To be honest. Um, I don't know. Maybe the winner of Breakin Darville. Oh, that's a good point as well. I want Inverness just because I quite like Inverness and I like playing Inverness. Don't want them away though. I take no, fuck that. Yeah, a tiny. Yeah. Oh my god, because that's got one 0 Inverness written all over it. It absolutely does. It definitely does. Um, yeah, I don't know. Obviously, I, I mean, I was going to chuck it out to like the listeners to let us know their ideal draw, but the draw will have been but made. But it'll so happen. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll chuck that out on Twitter. Actually, that's what I'll do. I'll yes, chuck that out on Monday night. Before the uh, before the breaking Darvel game, that sounds like a plan. Right, well, perfect. Massive, massive thank you to everyone listening again. Apologies for myself for making this record earlier, so we're inevitably going to miss a bunch of stuff. But it was a bit different this week because it was more raw. Really, it's like literally the next day after the game. Um, but yeah, massive, massive thank you for listening. As Adam said, we'll be putting stuff out on the socials, which is at Perth to Paisley. You can get us on there for every single form of media platform it's great if you are listening to this and you listen to it through iTunes Spotify Google Podcasts any form please do leave us a review on that platform as it massively massively helps us if you've been watching the video version of this podcast on YouTube please leave a like subscribe and comment massively massively helps as well we've also got an email petapaisley at gmail.com just chuck us over anything you want on that I check it so yeah, it'll be class. Adam, where can people get you on social media? They can get me on all forms of social media at Adam T. Kendall. I was also going to say that we've launched a Perth to Paisley TikTok, primarily from clips. Oh, yeah, we have. This absolute nonsense podcast. Um, I'm not a big TikTok lover. I user, know nothing about it. But I just figured it's another platform. So follow us on there again at Perth to Paisley. Nice and simple with the old uh, username front. What about yourself, mate? I'm at dmcaver22. We'll be back next week with a special guest. So that's going to be some laugh. Emphasis on the laugh, which is the clue for the week. But we'll be back to review the Celtic game, the Livingston game, the cup draw, anything else that's happened. It's going to be a bumper episode next week. So we hope you'll join us for that. But until then, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Keep the faith. Mother Jai Tease!